Mana 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 this is social disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. I hope you're well. My guest is an urban planner, runner, musician, and fellow Arkansan, as well as a podcaster, co-hosting the great show Flyover Film Country, a podcast about movies set in places oft forgotten by Hollywood. Please welcome Isaac Sims. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I'm, uh, we we have spoken for and been conversing for about half an hour, and I'm c- excited to continue the conversation. So yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. It's the totality of our history together. Is yeah, yeah, that exactly. although in retrospect, I guess that tends to go for most every guest I've had on this show. It's yeah, me talking to strangers in a recorded medium. It's a yeah. fa- it's a fascinating thing that's been grandfathered in as normal, but I I appreciate it. Yeah, and yeah. I will continue it. For the foreseeable future, knock on counter at this point. And we, but, uh, yeah, we've established that we're we're both Central Arkansas residents, and uh, that we both love Coconada and, yes. and film. And so, and I didn't know that you you said you're a fellow musician, right? You, you. Play? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, of, yeah. I have no musical. Maybe you said whatsoever. fellow podcast. Fe- fellow, yeah. No, I was I was just like slurring my words probably because I was talking fast. <laughs> Fellow Arkansan is what we are, Arkansan, okay. as you said. But yeah, I have no musical ability. Gotcha. I can listen to music. Gotcha. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of the music in the movie Top Gun, Colin Maverick, which I saw today, as I mentioned. Has some of the most effective music cues, period. Man, how about that gong? It's like the first time I heard the gong, whenever he says, you're going back to Top Gun, just like, I had chill, like, like I had... Do you sweat in movies or do you get chills or anything like that when you see something like Top Gun? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. there are some movies where like, you know, mo- movies are my my quote unquote thing out of if any one thing is. So sometimes I like respond to a movie on a cellular level. Like it just feels like it's like in my veins type thing. And mm-hmm. my dad and I saw it together, which felt like the perfect thing for us to see. And we saw it together today, and he was like, my hands are sweating. Yep. And I was like, mine too. And I had goosebumps when they weren't sweating. So either I was deeply into the movie, or I have a fever. Both are in play, (laughs) I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was really getting me. Like, did, did that... Obviously, that had the same effect for you for that one, or in general. Man, it did, and and I'm I'm trying to think through. I haven't had I, obviously. I've been in movie. I I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I've I've seen movies where I'm just like, this theater's too hot. I don't know what's wrong, but like they the thermostat is too high, and I'm just kind of not having a good time. But in Top Gun a couple days ago, I was I had chills basically the whole time, and uh, Walter Lyle that my um, or our producer on flyover film country he and i saw it together and he said that i just look like a little boy watching watching it with my mouth open like kind of a dumb grin um but that i i was curious to ask you about about top gun because our episode's going up on it right now i think but man what's your relationship to that the first movie that's a great question i saw it because it sounds like your dad loves it my dad loves it he's also He's also a retired pilot. So, there you, go. you know, like he flew Air Force Two, for example, in the Air Force. You know, like he's like is a pilot and he also like knows his shit. Mm-hmm. And so seeing a movie involving aviation with him is generally a miserable experience okay. because 
<laughs> they do not care fully about accuracy as you would expect from any movie because right. at a certain point it's cinema over accuracy or they're like this isn't this is not an important detail and we have other things we have to focus on but this movie i think he intrinsically knew this is just a movie this is truly cinema and he didn't give a shit uh-huh. he was all about it didn't say a word he yep. loved it yep um so wait that yeah oh, no, what was my relationship with well that? yeah like the first the first one and i do i do have thoughts about about that because i've heard similar people who fl- either fly in the air force or like are very acquainted with aviation just be like yeah this wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen but i loved it like i don't i don't yeah. i don't care at all <laughs> so that is it truly is like a movie that is just vibes uh-huh. it is a real vibes movie but yeah no i i've seen top gun many many times i saw it when i was young i not, not in the theater, but I saw it in, in whatever, I guess, VHS iteration mm-hmm. many times. I mean, one of the last movies I saw pre-pandemic was Top Gun in the theater, funnily enough. Oh, and man. then yeah, now, that, yeah. now Top Gun 2 is the fifth movie I've seen in the last two years in the theater. Probably. That's wild. So, What was, you know, what was your first, uh, not to jump ahead, yeah. but uh, what was your first coming back from, not back, the pandemic is ongoing, but um, after the the one, one or so year uh, half after 2020 when COVID kind of landed in the United States, what was your first movie back? I think it was the green Knight. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was yours? I don't remember. It might've been black widow. I think okay. I saw black widow with my wife and some friends. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. One. I, I think the last one I saw was in July previous to this. Actually, I know I saw everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. relatively recently, but prior to that great movie, yeah, great movie, unbelievable. Uh, but before that, July, end of July, mm-hmm. 2021, I saw Old. Oh, yeah, that's and yeah. it was it pretty much broke me of being motivated <laughs> to see it. That they were not the, not the movie itself, although to be honest, it didn't exactly uh aid in that, yeah, also. But I, I sat next to two people who kept explaining the movie to each other. Oh, Except they also one. couldn't hear each other, so then they were having to re-explain things they'd already explained. So they they were just perpetually behind in explaining the movie. <laughs> so I was both like trying to live in the present and watching the movie while being reminded of the past three seats down by two human parakeets. It's also it's furious. also not a very difficult movie to follow. I love <laughs> no. I love like overhearing those kinds of conversations and just being like you just need to watch the movie. They're on a the movie's called Old. They're on a beach that makes them old. Like what? <laughs> yeah, if you think you missed something, believe me, you didn't. Yeah, it exactly. Is, it's exactly. the least complicated. It's the most straightforward by extension. Really M Night Shyamalan movie there is. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it's it is what it is, you know. I need to revisit it because when when I I I, I wasn't in a my my mood 100% affects how I feel about a movie. Um Me too. and I was in a good mood when I saw it. I think I was just being really hard on it. Um I'm pretty hard on Shyamalan. Um but I need to revisit it because some of those scenes especially when they are um the the kids have become adults um and the kind of weight of mortalities on yeah. them are, are very, very good. And I remember how good they were. And I think I just need to revisit it. There are some great performances in it. Absolutely. I think, I think it's better to revisit it when you know that it's not going, it's not going to give you a satisfying ending in mm-hmm. a weird way. So maybe you can enjoy it enjoy the ride a little bit more knowing where it goes. Yes. I, I need to revisit it because I was pissed off the entire movie <laughs> listening to them do that because 
this was like, you know, it was still July of 2021 and it's COVID. So I had, as somebody who already has anxiety, was uh-huh. so anxiety ridden. And then I finally had the relief of, okay, I'm in here now, dealt with all that, two hours or whatever, and then I'll deal with it again. And then I never got any kind of satisfaction because they would not stop talking. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. And that, that reminds me of like, I think I, my worst movie experience um, as far as the audience just being incorrigible was there were a bunch of kids in the screening that I saw of Us, the Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. And man, they were just talking the whole time and it was it was incredibly frustrating. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. I yeah. Sometimes I don't care, but... Honestly, it, it's that thing where, like, if I'm in a movie, unless I'm with somebody and there's, like, nobody else in the theater, that'd be a whole other thing. But I'm, like, I'm here to watch the movie. I'm not here for any other reason. Yeah. Which I know yeah. is not the most fun perspective, but it's also just, like, we're all sitting in a dark room. We're not supposed to be talking. It's very hall monitor-ish, but that's, I just want to enjoy the thing and not be interrupted. Right, right. Um, Going back to Top Gun, that was a yeah. great tangent, but I, I didn't want to get away from it too far. Um, oh, no, no. The, when I, and again, the movie was pushed back um, so many times. I Was it pushed back three times? It was pushed back at, at, least, at least three two. times, yeah. to the point where between, there were, it, there were almost exactly two years in between the teaser trailer and the yes. first regular feature trailer, which is... A weird way of quantifying it, but it's not kind of, it's truly maybe the first time that's ever happened. It's extraordinary at the very least. Yeah. It, it really is. And it's, it's insane that, um, you know, the, the only other comparison is, you know, in 2020 when Nolan, Christopher Nolan was just like, we have to put Tenant out in theaters right now. And, you know, he burned that bridge with, uh, Warner Brothers and Tenant made a lot of money, especially considering September of 2020, I think is when it came out in theaters. Um, the pandemic was like still really bad. Like I chose not to see it in in a theater because of when it came out and just the power that Tom Cruise has over Hollywood and how he just he was like, nope, we are waiting until it's safe for people to go see this movie. And you know, it, it, the the pandemic has somewhat passed in its in in its potency, and more people are vaccinated and. It's insane. It's just insane. Like he's an insane person to me. That like how, oh, no, the, the I think power quantifiably. Has, yeah. I think quantifiably he's insane. Yeah, I, probably. I mean, <laughs> as as I mean, not just in the sense of look, he's more or less trying to kill himself, and quite possibly will with these stunts. The way yeah. they get more and more escalated. I say that with the most respect because I love it and I appreciate it, and oh, he's yeah. brought me so much joy. And even watching Top Gun Maverick today. I'm like truly, he is the, he's the last like true, old school movie star in existence. Truly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. I think it's undeniable after this movie too, if it ever was. The Scientology side, there's some real nefarious stuff there, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but I'm talking yeah. Tom Cruise, the actor. Yep, he's amazing. He is a maniac, but thank God he has movies because otherwise he'll be a straight up serial killer. Thank <laughs> yeah, God, seriously. truly. Thank God he has that and that. I don't want to live in that dimension. Yeah. No, no. I I don't want to. I don't want to encounter him because I think he'll be intimidating, even if he's the nicest. That weird thing about like, like an like an animal showing their teeth. Like, yeah, technically that's a smile, but you could attack me at any moment. I just don't need that in my life. I, I you know, safe distance at all times. That's a great but, way to say it. Yeah. But he's he's unbelievable. 
And this movie, you know, Top Gun Maverick is incredible. It's incredible. It is. It is a. It is a gift to. It is a gift to like to all people. I feel like I haven't met or I haven't seen any take where like Top Gun Maverick actually sucks, like anything like that. I think people understand, you know, like how much of a breath of fresh air this is, and how, and especially with him, I think about um, that. I, I don't know where you saw it today i saw it at the um cinemark on colonel glenn and they and they played his um his thank you or his thank you intro i don't know if you uh did you see that i did see that the only other one that i've seen like that previous to that of all things which let's let's talk about a night and day difference in terms of presence charisma and ability the only Uh other time i've seen that during all this was John Krasinski introducing Quiet Place 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, wow, one of these things are not like the other. Uh-huh. And I remember Shyamalan did it with Old. Um, and oh, I think, did he? I think okay. it's just a Cinemark thing because I, I remember Krasinski doing it as well because I think I saw Quiet Place 2. Because um, I went to Riverdale. That's where I go. Okay, okay. Oh, I, guess, I guess it's not. It, it just depends probably. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they put it in front of it, and it's kind of like, well, use it if you want to. Yeah. You know, when they send everything digitally, I'm not really sure, but yeah. Uh, you know, you think about like the the you know the the infamous um, the infamous clip that leaked with him like just shouting obscenities at the guy who wasn't following COVID protocols, and when like we we are creating thousands of jobs, and this industry is suffering, and all that stuff, and it's like that passion, and then. Thinking about him giving that little uh, thank you to the audience, and it's like the most earnest and sincere thing. And you realize this guy has like is just giving a gift to the world that yeah. is going to age so much better than uh, Multiverse of Madness. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they there was a very conscious choice to in Top Gun Maverick, same as Top Gun before it, to make the enemy completely nameless and faceless. Like you can't put a stamp on what that. There's no timestamp in terms of who's the big baddie, quote unquote, in the world at this time. Kind of like how, you know, Russia, the Soviet Union in the 80s. That's not a thing with Top Gun Maverick. And it could play the same way 40 years from now because it's kind of whatever the, whoever the enemy is, it's who you make it. Because it's everyone and no one. Yep. Which could be a little cynical, but it also is smart. Mm-hmm. And it did it for me. I didn't need to know who they were because I was never really against them anyway because it's really... More, it's more about the boys. So there you go. That's all I needed. Yeah, and man, man, how did how did you feel? Um, that how did you feel about the Mach One sequence? It's kind of this very, very um, or at the beginning of the movie, yeah, kind of emotional and like he's still doing his thing. He's still pushing the the boundaries of what it means to be man in big plane that go fast <laughs> like like it's so the movie's so simple and so effective in in an insane way i think for that scene i think it was a very effective shorthand to both remind us of people who are very familiar with him mm-hmm. but also introduce to a new layer new group of people of who he is and how it's distilled in and these are spoilers we're not going to try to go into the deepest of deep cut spoilers. Sure. But FYI, tread lightly. But it shows the thing of this guy is extraordinary what he does, but he also can't get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. And it 
very effectively did that, and it gives you all the rise and the joy of his ability and how cool it is, and then all of like the <laughs> the 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 dropping of our dopamine of losing out on, and you could have done it, but you can't help yourself. Yeah. yeah, and it works very effectively. You got a, a delightful Ed Harris mean mugging it like crazy. Great, great stuff. Ed Harris might not even know he's in a movie, and I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's amazing in it. You know, he just does Ed. He does Ed Harris stuff. They needed a bad military guy who's also bald, mm-hmm. so they got another one. Yep, and he's great. Uh, yep, and he really know, only needed to be in that scene. I've I, I think about how great it is, um, the, how great he is. But I mean, like really. The performances in this movie, and you know, um, you get John Hamm later. It's it's and Jennifer Connelly gets uh, to be kind of like Maverick's heart and soul in a or a, a reflection of his heart and soul in a, in a really great way. Did you um, know she's a callback, by the way, to the original movie? Yes, and and I I explained that to Walter who hadn't seen the first one, and he was just like, "What?" So she's not in the. I was like, "She's not in the first movie, but she's mentioned, and so she's supposed to be that person." And yeah. he was like, "Uh." And I was like, yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense, but it does. It does. So <laughs> I do not, you know, the funny thing is that my, my thoughts aren't totally cohesive, but I think the movie is overall, particularly a lot of things, but particularly the writing mm-hmm. is so much smarter and more clever than it has any need to be. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't, it could have just, they could have just completely like pacified me. They could have just placated me even done it cynically in a very, quite frankly, like Star Wars Marvel way. And as much as that might have sucked, there was enough nostalgia there. I could have been fine with it. But it's very smart. And it it really was. It made me even more fascinated that um, just reading up on Kaczynski, because I haven't seen seen only The Brave, but I've seen Tron and Legacy and Oblivion. And, Only um, the Brave is very good. Yeah, and that's what I hear. I hear that it is absolutely incredible. Eric Pham, who um, was a, a former co-host of ours on Flyover Film Country, just absolutely loves that movie, and that's where he met Miles Teller. Um, yeah. he, that he just has this great like versatility. He's worked with Universal and Netflix, and this is Paramount, Top Gun. And and, and he's, just a, he's just a really fascinating person, like how he how he curated um, how he came from music videos and then got into um, oblivion. It was kind of like he, he's responsible for a lot of that and he just seems like a, yeah, yeah. He was, no, sorry. He was an architect before. Yes. And that's, that's what's crazy to me, like from Columbia. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to switch gears. And then apparently he did study aerospace engineering at some point in college and switch. (laughs) And I was like, of course he did. Of course he did. Like you, you did everything apparently. Which is fascinating because he's got not, he's got in a way a, a like Michael Bay esque visual sense. Sure. Like he's clearly very uh, visually established and very smart at that. He seems to have either, either like he's naturally just much better at story, or he's uh, actually interested in story. To be quite honest, yeah. Which is fine. I say that, and I loved Ambulance, mm-hmm. which was uh, batshit delightful. Yeah. But and and as I said on the last episode, funnily enough, Michael Bay really discovered drones. Uh-huh. Dear God. 
Man, I heard I heard that in a in that ambulance. Even I would say, just based on what I've heard, uh, because and that's it's one that I completely regret missing in theaters. Is that that will make your stomach churn even more than Top Gun? Like, would you would you say that? Because like that's kind of what I'm understanding from people who did see it in theaters. If I saw, I I rented it uh-huh. online, so I just watched it on a TV. So it's not gonna be the same thing. If I'd seen that in a theater. It'd probably be dizzying because he uses drones in a lot of different ways, and sometimes just because he could. Mm-hmm. And and it's all really interesting. And there are some amazing sequences. And he even is doing drones in an underground parking lot, drones in a hallway. Yep. Like he he pushes the drones further for to be used for something. I mean, now they're predominantly used to show a small country town at the beginning of like a of a documentary series at this point. That's right. what they seem to be doing. Yes, uh, yeah. That or like Ozark seems to have some kind of budget Location shot, for that. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some kind of establishing shot, something. But I mean, he used them very effectively. And, uh, you know, going back to Top Gun Maverick too, though, that that's the thing that outside of so many other things, I mean, they do, and this is kind of a spoiler, whatever. But one thing that, that really struck me was that in a sense, the trajectory of Rooster, played by Miles Teller, was ostensibly an inverse of Maverick in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yep. meaning, Maverick is the hot shot, you know, the guy, and then Goose dies, and then he has like ostensibly PTSD, and he mourns him, loses his confidence, and then he has to come back at the end. Mm-hmm. And Miles Teller has that from birth because Goose died, yep. just like Maverick, and then he has to get his confidence from Maverick. And then it culminates. And this is a massive spoiler, into being his wingman or or, or his uh, his um, uh, sight guy, whatever the the phrasing is. Yeah, um, co- not copilot. Navigator. Uh, there it is. Navigator. Yeah, I think that's what and, it is. And let me tell you, that third act w- w- just reeks in the best way possible mm-hmm. of Christopher McQuarrie. That yes. tune yeah. wrote that. It went in places I did not expect, and I was utterly delighted by it yeah i mean it was a it was an it's impossible impeccable. it was an impossible mission truly <laughs> truly truly um by the because way, you... when that happened i yeah. when when they both and we're just so deep in the in the spoilers but when they both get grounded because you have you have the absolutely thrilling you know exactly what the final mission is going to be because they're practicing it the whole time and then and they when reiterate it, happens, it in full yeah. three or four times yeah very yeah. smartly yeah and you you know exactly what's coming. You think um, you think Rooster's about to to bite the dust, and then Mav saves him, and it's just so thrilling. You're like, holy cow, he, he they killed him, and then you're like, no, he's not dead. And then you're like, well, where's it going to go from here? And then Rooster saves him, and then they steal a plane, and it's just you're like, oh my gosh, Christopher McQuarrie, like you you son of a bitch, <laughs> you, you brilliant brilliant man, you yeah. you've all but forgotten. Academy Award winning screenwriter for The Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. who then made a movie, like, first time director made The Way of the Gun, a movie that I really like, mm-hmm. and somehow parlayed that into Mission Impossible movies, and now it's, quite frankly, it's the best action yep. film series of all time. Hands down, hands at down. At this point? Yeah. You, you, would, uh, you would put it above... Bond, right? Because I, oh, I no would, question. yeah, no question. I would for sure. And and Bond holds a special place, certainly. But you just you just can't touch anything that um, the Mission Impossible movies have accomplished. 
you know, from the beginning. I mean, like from from jump. It was, I mean, arguably, it was great. arguably the worst one. Depends on your perspective. Generally, it's going to be two or three for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, I mean, three kind of in a, in a way got the ball rolling to what it became. Three is fascinating. Yep, it's a it's a fascinating alias episode. That mm-hmm. movie, it really like, is direct parallels. But then again, here here's the thing, and you can't obviously separate these two things. But if Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that movie, it would be easily the worst one. And, and that's think. and that's kind of what what's incredible is like as good as Sean Harris is in the last two that have come out. You watch you watch three, and you're just Philip Seymour Hoffman is just terrifying. He like like he's is the most terrifying. He appears to be a normal guy, and then you are just scared out of your wits the whole time watching the rest of that movie, especially with like how effective um, sto- narratively um, Carrie Russell's death is, and how how like just cruel her death is in that movie you're yes. just like this guy is horrible and then you man just yeah, say, I'm just, gonna i love you. i love three i think t- i think three is one of the one of the best um definitely so i i like it a lot and i think everything every movie after that gets better with each go yep i think ghost protocol you know brad burns ghost protocol funnily enough that that that's what got them to the full apex of modernity of what this became, mm-hmm. and then McCory took over, and then he he really has chemistry with with Cruz, and I think he fundamentally understands what makes him a great movie star. Yeah, I think they really get each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still fascinated by Ghost Protocol having the rope a dope of, hey, this is going to be taken over by Jeremy Renner, uh-huh. and then. <laughs> Which, that which I was doesn't. thinking about. I was thinking about that today, and I was thinking, wow, that really was just a litmus test to see how much people like Cruise still. And then they, and then I came back and said, we still love Tom Cruise, the movie star. And they're like, later, Renner, yep. <laughs> we're back. And he's um, just kind of stuck. And I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad for him, but it's also, the, you know, the Hurt Locker in his in his like Oscar moment is. It's just so fascinating to think to, he is so fascinating because you know they they were like oh let's cast him let's put him in um let's put him in Avengers he'll be the he'll be Hawkeye and like we're legit because we got an Oscar guy to yeah. to play this role and then oh he's gonna take over Jason Bourne he's like he's he's brutal and like that doesn't work yeah. and then they're like well let's get him to take over uh, this other franchise and Tom Cruise like mm, not happening. <laughs> and it's just I feel bad for him, but it's also like he was kind of a victim of some of the everybody else in Hollywood's um, thought process uh, because he is I, a good he's a good actor. Well, I mean, he's incredible in the town, which he was also nominated yeah. for an Oscar for. I'll be honest, selfishly as a film lover, we've lost out on who could be a an elite character actor. We lost yeah, out on that. You're, you're 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 so spot on there. Like that's sure. such a bummer that we admittedly selfishly. I mean, look, he's out there when he's not doing Marvel movies or TV shows. He's flipping houses and he's making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. More power to him. Do whatever makes you happy. You got a family right on. But also, for the love of God, think of me. I mm-hmm. <laughs> want. I want you to be in some kind of like seventies detective show, you know, series, something. I want you doing like Mark Ruffalo collateral esque role, something, because uh-huh. he can do that. And have I was you seen watching the Mayor of, and he's Mayor of Kingstown, the uh, 
the he's in the Sheridan universe now, and I haven't I haven't. It, it, Taylor Sheridan is insane to me because he's like cr- cranked out so many, so much stuff, and all of it is of like a pretty high uh, caliber of quality. And uh, I just haven't gotten like I know that if I start Yellowstone, I'm gonna have to watch the they they've greenlit like seven spinoffs to Yellowstone. It's and Mayor of Kingstown is like is another thing, and that's the thing that. Uh, Jeremy Renner's in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they just signed for the new sequel to that 19... You know, there's Yellowstone and there's the 1870 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then now there's going to be like 1926. And 1926 just announced two main actors. Do you know who those two actors are? Yeah, Helen Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford, right? Yes, incredible. And Harrison Ford was going to star in The Staircase previous to that, Uh but he had to drop out. So he's been... Must they? There must be like we're gonna pay you twenty million dollars to be on TV. Yep, and that's all he cares about. And more power to him. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get into all that stuff at some point. But um, I just I have this feeling, and and honestly, I've been watching more TV recently than than movies. Me too. But I know that if I start watching Yellowstone, because I have watched a couple episodes with some family, because my dad loves it. Um. I know that I'm going to have to get into everything else. And I just like, I can't get sucked into TV right now. <laughs> so there's yeah, too much, too I much do, going on. As somebody who's watched like the first season of Yellowstone, I really like it. I had to adjust to the tone because I wasn't anticipating it to be a melodrama. Mm-hmm. But it's very well done. You know, Costner's Costner. But my favorite thing to come out of Yellowstone is the fact that it's so ungodly popular. The biggest... And so it was 1878 or whatever it is. Uh-huh. The biggest shows on cable in like the last 10 to 15 years. Yep. Like huge. Yep. But the thing we got out of it is that Kevin Costner is now fully funding his next epic Western he's been wanting to make for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take place over like 40 years. Dang. And he's going to film it this year. What's and it? Do, am, you know, do you know? Is there a working title? I actually haven't heard of this. Let me look it up. Um, yeah. Here we, hold on. That was my cat. Hello. Hello. I got a cat next to me what's your, as well. What's your cat's name? His name is Sandor, after the oh. Game of Thrones character. Oh, nice. Yeah. My Let's, wife didn't think it was a completely crazy name. She actually likes it. So, The name of the Western is Horizon. Okay, gotcha. And it says, It chronicles a multifaceted 15-year span of pre- and post-Civil War expansion and settlement of the American West. Experienced through the eyes of many... The epic journey is fraught with peril and intrigue from the constant onslaught of natural elements to the interactions with the indigenous peoples who lived on the land and the determination and at many times the ruthlessness of those who sought to settle it. Sounds like uh, Dances with Wolves, like uh, on a on a even grander level, if possible. I'm all that's, in. That's wild, yeah. That and Open Range are incredible movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very, very excited, but... Uh, Thinking about it, what um what are some of your favorite movies of the year? Top Gun, quite possibly. Have you seen? In yes, no. Top Gun is in the in the running for sure. I think I have it um right now at number four or five. Okay. But have you seen um one I wanted to ask you about? Have you seen Worst Person in the World? I have seen that. Okay. What What are your thoughts on that one? I think it's an incredible exercise in tone and tonal mm-hmm. shifts. And the fact that they pull it off uh, in general, let alone as effortlessly as they do, 
Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty special, and I think she's incredible in it. Yeah. Uh, but I think also her counterpart, or primary counterpart in that of one of her main boyfriends, who, by the way, when he's not acting, is a doctor. Anders, Anders Danielson. Yeah. Lee. Yeah, An who incredible is also actor. in, did you see Bergman Island? Because he was yes. in that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, great. He's a great. And, like, oh my gosh, he's a doctor. Isn't uh, isn't Sam Raimi's brother a doctor too? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, or a I, dentist. I learned, yeah, yeah, one of those two. And he's um, he's in Arm at the end of Army of Darkness, and he's uh, one of Jay Jonah Jameson's staff guys. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, and he's movies. usually like, learning that recently. So yeah, he's usually in a fair amount if he's not outright co-writing stuff with Raimi. Because mm-hmm. um, Raimi is a big all about like bringing his friends with him. Yep. Which, because he's like, you know, a nice Midwestern boy and he's such like a devilish, has a devilish little, <laughs> a devilish little like sense of humor. Like, you know, drag me to hell. He's just fucking with you the entire time. Yep. Yeah. And I love in the In the best way. And, and those it's were so all. so playful. That's what, I mean, we're skipping over worst person in the world. We're going to come back to it like we did okay. with Top Gun. But uh, the man, Raimi and 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 that's the whole thing with Doctor Strange is like it is it is a movie of parts and that's why I can't really truly love it because he did what he could with it but he ultimately had to succumb to Feige telling him to you know the, you got to put this guy in there and you got to film these scenes with Patrick Stewart and uh it, and it was just really kind of a sh- shameless embarrassing cash grab that makes me ap- appreciate Top Gun in such a great way, but all the all the crazy camera movement and the zombie stuff and the stuff that I'm like, this is this is Raimi. I'm having fun when it gets right there. Now. Yeah, I, I'm all in. Yep. But the thing that can't be underestimated with Raimi is that he was genuinely, and it was just a term, but and sometimes just like a theory or something. But it's a true thing. After Oz the Great and Powerful, he was in director's jail for years. Yeah. He couldn't get anything made. Yep. Uh, and so it's more of a, like so many other directors, you know, like <laughs> Francis Lawrence, for example, doing that first Hunger Games. He did that just to get the thing he wanted made made. Because mm-hmm. he knew that once you, you know, in the Excel spreadsheet of, of what you offer to different studio executives, all they care about are your is your cumulative gross. And Raimi has that in spades, but he needs a new hit. And mm-hmm. that was an assured hit. And also... You know, Scott Derrickson left because of "quote unquote" creative reasons. Yep, which probably translates to he wanted to actually have a perspective on the movie, and uh, Marvel doesn't do that. Yeah, and and it it is crazy because I'm not sure how you feel that feel about that first Doctor Strange movie, but the the whole my whole I, man, and I do I don't blame it on Raimi at all, but like. Doctor Strange is kind of a facsimile of a character. He doesn't really exist in the sequel. Like he's just kind of like things are just yeah. happening to him and he's kind of reacting and there's kind of an arc, but it, he doesn't have chemistry with Rachel McAdams. And it's just really like, you don't really, you care about uh, America a lot more than you do about his character at the end of the movie. And, and it was a shame. I was very worried whenever I realized that Derrickson left because a lot of people dunk on the first Dr. Strange movie. And to me, it, for, for me, it nails this sort of, guy in in a world that he doesn't fully understand but it is so the the power is so vast and the responsibility is so great and he is just arrogant enough 
to tackle it. Derrickson just just has had this. He was threading that needle really, really well. Um, I think so. And and uh, and so I was just like, dang, he's leaving. But then they got Ramy to do it, and um, and and you you could tell it was kind of like a um, director for hire type thing. But it what was, he did with it was fun. I thought what he did with it was fun, and the fact that he, the fact that you could even see Ramy parts, mm-hmm. <laughs> let alone for an extended period of time, felt like a miracle in and of itself. So that's nice, you know. Like at the same time, it just feels like a tease because you know the full extent of the 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 all caps the Sam Raimi experience and what it can be. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it was like, it's nice, but it's also bittersweet. And it's also reminding you of this is where he's at in terms of his stature in Hollywood. And hopefully this will open up doors and allow him to do more stuff because cinema is all the better for Sam Raimi making movies. Oh yeah. yeah. He's incredible. Absolutely, Man, it, I, I have to share this with you. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Um, I I watched actually at the beginning of this month and I think I kind of like burned myself out on movies for a little bit but I watched um The Gift and The Quick and the Dead and Army of Darkness which I hadn't seen any of those in preparation for Doctor Strange and then I watched like two other movies that day so it was like I think five movies in one day while wow. while I was working from home and my brain was like kind of oozing out my ears a little bit, but I like I definitely got into that Raimi zone. And I think if I hadn't, I don't think I would have enjoyed the uh, multiverse of madness as much I, as I did because I, I, I really could appreciate like everything he was trying to do. So Quick and the Dead in particular is a damn delight. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, and to your point about like getting burnt out on movies. Like I mentioned before we were recording, I did South by Southwest and Sundance virtually. Uh-huh. So I watched in a span of a week for each of those things, 20 movies. Oh, man. Yep. You've, and I, you've, you've got me beat because I was I, a shell yeah. of a human after that. <laughs> like, you know, it's like it starts off so like exciting. You get to watch stuff before it comes out. And this is great. And by the end, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, it's and, like trying to read like the Lord of the Rings trilogy in three <laughs> days. Like you can do it, but you're not going to really be coherent. Oh, I have an afternoon. Let me finish. Let me read the entirety of Crime and Punishment. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, am I yeah. Doing? Probably Crime and Punishment. Yeah, like what am I doing? Appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to get off, I but since I did uh, admittedly bring that up on my own, yeah. I did want to mention a few movies that haven't come out yet. Uh-huh. That I saw with those that I don't usually get the opportunity to mention. Yeah, absolutely. That are worth watching, I think, whenever they do come out. Uh, one thing I did mention, I mentioned this at, funnily enough on the last episode with Zed Kutzinger, who is a big movie guy. We talked about movies quite literally the entire time, and it was mm-hmm. a damn delight. But um, one thing I mentioned was a documentary coming out in November. I think it's actually going to get a theater release. And if it's up for best, for best documentary, I would not be surprised. And it's called Fire of Love. Okay. And it's about two French volcanologists who were predominantly active in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They were kind of like famous in France because volcanology was a pretty new discipline at that point. And it's both about their love and their tumultuous marriage, but also yeah. their fascination with volcanoes. And it's so good. It's one of the I, best things I've seen. Do you know what? I I think I heard um, Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins talking about this on okay. the big picture. It's very, and, and, and very they were good. just gushing about it, and yeah. and I was like, "What is this movie?" So yeah, you're you're kind of like bringing that back to the forefront of my mind. 
to the point where I almost rewatched it as when I when I was uh, doing South by Southwest instead of watching something else. Like mm-hmm. that's how much I was into it. Wow! So highly recommend that. Um, a movie. What's this one called? Resurrection is a movie that I think the Rebecca was sold. Hall one. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca Hall yeah. and Tim Roth. Looking and forward to it for sure. It's a more or less a two hander between them, and it's Tim Roth in a in his Tim Roth more '90s style menacing, mm-hmm. understated menacing. So it's kind of a return to form and him being terrifying. Yeah, which is great. But it also goes places you will not expect. <laughs> it, Love it. It goes places. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It's, I think it's it. very good, and it's a f- second time director who is like very a very assured, very talented director. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing too, I'll mention is um, something in the dirt, directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, who okay. directed multiple episodes, I think three or four maybe, of Moon Knight. Yeah, most recently yeah. and they directed spring which is a very good movie the endless which i really enjoyed uh, i have they're... not gotten other than the other than moon knight and the work that they did on moon knight i haven't been exposed to the endless or any of their other movies but i from, from what i understand they are they're the le- legit like they're gonna I oh mean, oh no yeah, they are yeah and, and i think something in the dirt's kind of a culmination because it is so meticulous a movie and it was filmed during uh it was filmed during the pandemic in one house mm-hmm. or like in an apartment and yeah, then just it, outside the apartment like it's, it's, dy- a, it's, it's like a, dystopian right oh yeah yeah it's yeah. all about conspiracy theories a very like QAnon inspired type thing mm-hmm. but with their normal kind of sci-fi bent to it okay and it's a very you know like could just be a play type because it's like a chamber play and it's fascinating. It's really well done. Dang, I'll have to. I'll have to look into it. I, I yeah. gotta. Yeah, I gotta immerse myself in this guys. I remember seeing the the trailer for the Endless, and I was just like, "What is this?" And then um, it's really interesting. Just, there's not enough time, man. There's not enough time for, for <laughs> great movies. And when you try to cram them all into twenty weeks, you become a shell of a human. <laughs> or in, uh, twenty yeah. weeks into one week, yeah. you become a shell of a human. You or five in, into a day, you end up uh, somehow not enjoying movies because you're you're doing that more than sleeping, probably at that point. Exactly. And, exactly. And you're like, what is this world at that point? Uh, I will say that in in going back, I know this is just going stream of consciousness. But I'm okay with that, uh, personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking about today, and then my opinion, we're pretty lucky that you know we're all of five full months, almost to the day at this point, mm-hmm. uh, into the year, and we already have what I would consider three like S tier, unbelievably delightful, incredible experience movies, mm-hmm. in the form of Top Gun Maverick. Everything, everywhere, all at once, and R R R. Man, I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad you brought up R R R because I watched it three days ago and it just blew me away. Have you had you watched very many Bollywood movies before that? No, but I can tell you this: I'm going to be rectifying that. Yeah, um, and yeah, same because my my buddy who. Um, He's he's not a cinephile, but he was he and I were hanging out. And he was like, "I hear this movie's really good," and I hadn't heard of it, and yeah. was just completely blown away by, you know, like you are, RRR is the the it is a 
for a first time viewer, everything a Bollywood movie is. And then there's just this dance number that puts American movies to shame. And like, I was, yeah, I was, I was just blown away. We were both just giddy giddy the whole time. It's incredible. It's the best Marvel movie that will never, ever be made. Yeah. Honestly. It's, it's gonna, you know, Zed, Zed and I talked about this also, but he, uh, he said that he's watched since seeing RRR. And funnily enough, I think tonight in LA, he gathered 40 of his friends to go see it together in the theater. Oh, nice. Which is amazing. Nice. That is amazing. And uh, and he has subsequently seen several of that director's previous films instead of like, oh, this guy's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I need to see more of his stuff because yep. you know I'm woefully ignorant, but RRR is, it's incredible. It, yeah, it, you it, know it, it can't be it overstated really how incredible it is. And it's like I I don't know I, I'm trying I'm trying to kind of provide my thoughts without comparing it to anything because it's not really you can't really compare it to anything because there's this machismo like both of them are like so jacked and so it's like it's like equal parts um, I don't I don't know like it's very emotional it's very violent like it's, it's strangely it's an, violent. It, it's a weird, deceptive points. antidote to toxic masculinity. Yes, exactly, because they are so jacked and there's so much action and there's so much ridiculous stuff like them tying a rope to each other and jumping off opposite ends of a bridge. Amidst like... a, a bridge <laughs> oh over gosh. water train crash. Yes, yeah. And that's, uh, by the way, not even close to the most bonkers stuff that happens in that movie. That's early on yep. in a three-hour and five-minute movie. Yep, yep. It's it, and, and, it's and incredible. Like, kind of an even, you know, I would even r- rather watch something like that that's so like you're not going to watch that movie and be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. I can't believe this movie. Did you see how fake those tigers are? That was like all CGI. Like all those animals. It's like the CGI is beside the point as opposed to <laughs> no, Multiverse yeah. of Madness and the octopus eye guy at the beginning of the movie that's just like absolutely horrendous special effects um not dunk not trying to um diss anyone who worked on the movie but no 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 i mean but but this is just another league yeah i mean truly and the fact that i mean i feel like the the massive difference both in the subject matter of rr the two main characters and their attitudes towards each other and being that antidote to toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and what they did with it the massive difference between the filmmakers behind RRR and the performers in it and a Marvel movie is that RRR is comfortable with who they are and they know what they do well. Yep. And Marvel is an insecure, overcompensating machine. Ooh, hot take, hot take. I mean, you know, uh, again, I mean, the problem is- Are they overcompensating or is it just like whatever is going to get us uh, because ROI? Like, because I, I think feel it's like very, everything I think, is I think it's incredibly cynical. Yeah, and and man, and I hate that. You know, I hate that because, you know, it was just it was not that long ago that we had just that. Did did you have a kind of like a great Endgame theater viewing experience? I did, did absolutely. Yeah, and, and so it, that's that's what's crazy. It's like this phase, quote unquote, phase four has just fallen so hard um, that we're just kind of making fun of. Not, not making fun of it but like you know critiquing it and very legitimately so uh and i really hope that there is this sort of like public 
turning toward more movies like Top Gun and Tenet and, and RRR. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think there will be, you know, because at a certain point, uh, at a certain point, I know for me, I'm just exhausted by them, Mm -hmm. you know, both by the sheer volume and the fact that they're on, they won't stop. They're unrelenting. And I just am tired of keeping up. But also the fact that they expect you to be like, cool. Now you just have to watch an entire three seasons of whatever show or three yeah. individual seasons of another show. Honestly, I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. Because, yeah, I, because also, I shouldn't have there. to. I yep. shouldn't have to. Nobody should have to. At a certain point, like, in a weird way, there was a catharsis of those final two Avengers movies because it was the, it really was the culmination. But then yeah. it's just like, next, you know, six months later, here's another one. And you're like, God. Yep. Yep. Like allow the refractory period of it all, like something, you know, it's, it just won't stop. And, uh, I think the CGI is, you know, Top Gun did it the right way. There is a little bit of CGI in that, but it was all practical. Mm-hmm. And that the tactile nature of that gets a much bigger pop for me anyway. Yep. And I respond a lot more because there was to go back to that movie. So much cool shit in it yep. on top of it being so clever Quite frankly, to the point where I would almost argue it's brilliant in its writing. It's very, very smart and very well done. And also, side note of the side note, Glenn Powell is a movie star. He is, man. Have you seen Everybody Wants Some? Oh, yeah. I know you're, I I listened to your episode about that. Uh, Oh, great. Yeah, thank you. It's, he's hilarious in it. He's like, oh, man, when he's, when he's, uh, trying to, to talk about his, um, astrology sign with with the girl and they're making fun of him and he's like we're here like all you can talk about is baseball now and like all you can talk about is girls when you're not around girls it doesn't make (laughs) any sense it's just so he's so funny and that's what like that's what we said on our uh, top gun episode i said he's just so cool like there aren't any really i guess i guess he might the trajectory he might have if he plays his cards right is like brad pitt because brad pitt hasn't stopped being cool even though he's like done goofier roles and like kind of done this or that i could see glenn powell going in that direction because there's very few movie stars who are just he he just is oozes coolness even when he's a jackass in a in top gun he's like so cruel <laughs> to miles teller's, teller's character so uh in a very like almost too much at one point oh, it was yeah. it really rode yeah. that it really rode that line but they i think they executed it and that you know, as a testament to Glenn Powell and, and kind of the tone of it in general. But, mm. I, I mean, honestly, I wish Powell would go that way because at this point, we're just going to, we're just now going to get a sense of what all I can do because now he'll get a ton of opportunities. Uh, you know, he lost out to Miles Teller for that role mm-hmm. and he was so good they put him in the movie anyway, Yeah, which says a lot, especially now that we know that Miles Teller and Kaczynski are pretty close, assumedly, because... He was in Only the Brave. He's in Top Gun. And then in, did you know? in Spiderhead, right? In two weeks. Two weeks. Man, I'm excited. I'm a excited. new Kaczynski movie with, it's on Netflix. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is going to also have Miles Teller in it. And according to Fantasy, it's it's good. Yep. According to him, yep. which it's good enough for me. You yeah. know, I'm uh, pretty excited for that. So, you know, anyway, I think Glenn Powell, granted, it's the kind of the, spicier role in that movie but Mm -hmm. you also have to execute it and that dude just has it he does he He just has it and it is interesting in a in like you know i just have been kind of 
relitigating the movie in my mind um, since I saw it and how brilliant it was that they wrote it. They wrote him to be kind of the antagonist because that's what's so great about how they pulled it from the old movie where, or from, from the, from the first Top Gun, the, the villain quote unquote is really their fragile egos. I'm pulling that from Adam Naiman, his, yeah. uh, his piece on like revisiting the first Top Gun before Maverick came out. And he's, he's plays that so well in this movie. And you also realize this guy is Maverick. Yeah. It, but again, Matt, like a uh, Top Gun Maverick isn't about, he's not saying like the future is another carbon copy of, of me, Pete Maverick Mitchell. It's a continuation of this very emotional story and connection that Maverick had to his best friend's son. Um, and, and how, how well it plays out. And you know, like this movie's making so much money. Like we're going to have, we're like, it, it, not in a cynical way. Like if we get another one, I'm going to watch it. Like it'll probably make equal amount. Like it could end up becoming something like mission impossible has become. And I kind of hope it does because especially with someone like Cruz producing and or executive producing and Kaczynski directing, um, we just get some, some more like purely cinematic movies like Maverick. So, and I hope we do. So, you know, the funny thing is too that uh, that Macquarie and Cruz supposedly are cooking up a smaller movie together. Okay, and I'm all in. Yeah. Like just in the sense of a little bit more like back to basics type thing. Because if it could be like we know Cruz can act. Yeah. When he's not being Tom Cruise, the movie star, I would love to also see that again. Hmm. Uh. You know, funny thing is, I was about to say, in my mind for half a second, I was like, is this his first sequel, you know, outside of Mission Impossible? Then I just remembered of Jack Reacher 2. That yeah, completely forgot yeah. existed. I never which, saw Jack Reacher 2. I, the first one surprised me, actually. I thought um, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's great in general, but when you have... He's kind of scary Werner, in that movie, which I appreciate. I am fascinated by the fact that truly only Tom Cruise at that height can do this. That a guy yeah. who in the book is six foot five, two fifty, and Tom Cruise being at best six foot, I mean five six, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he played him like he's that tall. Is the is so somehow even scarier yeah. in a weird way? Because yes, exactly. Least, you know, because yeah. it's more of a. It truly really was like this guy's a psychopath. Uh huh. You get you get that vibe from him in like uh, Alan Richson, the guy who plays who plays Reacher on the. Amazon series that I've yet to watch. That's yeah. Again, too much content, too much yeah. good content. Um, he, he's huge. He's massive. He's like, I, I watched the first season of Titans before I realized what uh, I was getting myself into. And he was my biggest takeaway from that movie. Like this oh, guy is great and huge. And he's got a, he kind of has that insane, um, charisma and presence kind of like Glenn Powell and, um, but but everyone everyone dunks on uh, that first Reacher movie with Cruz, and I think it's incredible. Like that movie's it, good it's and under, extremely Herzog's underrated, incredible. at least. Yeah, Werner Herzog is incredible. Yeah, and that and that is the villain, which is just inspired that they would even cast him. Oh yeah, that movie though is like, has and it's like, Macquarie, yeah. So it, it's great. It's Macquarie, like yeah. Uh, did he did he direct it too? 
I think he did. I think I'm pretty so. sure. I think and then I don't think Ed's he directed Wick. the second one. Ed's yeah, Wick directed right. the second one. Yep. Which is yeah. so weird. And that movie is, you're good. Don't watch that movie. Yeah, okay. Um, it's good. a bummer. Yeah. But uh, it's also got like kind of 70s vibes to it a little bit. And mm-hmm. I just, I really like it. I watched it and rewatched it not long ago. And it really holds up. I would, um, how would you, how would you feel about going back to this um because this was news to me that him and McCoy were working on something smaller. How would you feel about something, something ensemble, kind of like um, the Usual Suspects, but Cruz is kind of with a cast where they're actually acting, and, and as opposed to like um, jumping off buildings and things blowing up and like the next death-defying stunt. I I, I'm I don't excited know. Excited to see this. Can Cruz do it though? I'm not sure. Because he's so in his ego, yeah, yeah. But he's but I, he's also also just so in I'm Tom Cruise, comma movie star mode, uh-huh. and he has been for so long that I don't know if he has like some kind of eyes wide shut thing in him. Anyway, that, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's that, interested, and fair enough. You know, he played a heightened version of that even in Reacher. Uh, so I don't, you know, I'd say that like he made American Made. A movie that just really existed from yeah. me to Arkansas, finally enough. Yeah, I think that, it is. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a flyover movie. I think we need to cover at some point. It could be an interesting one. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I I'd be curious. I mean, you know, he he's gonna originally... have to like physically break down before before he starts doing latter career kind of elder statesman type of roles well, like that, where he's he the guy in the chair, and you know, so. If he doesn't die in space making that movie that they're purportedly still making, where he's was that, that was that Lyman? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, and again, like Doug Lyman, I love I love um, Edge of Tomorrow, but yeah, Lyman, and I think Lyman did, um, did the Mr. American Ma- American Made too. Didn't right? he do Mr. Miss Smith? Yes, I think so. Which, but I, yeah, that's another yeah, that's another like kind of strange. Um, a collaborator for him. I kind of forget about about. He's his, a he's a chaotic yeah. director who who basically saves all of his movies and edit mm-hmm. to yeah. the point where that movie Chaos Walking, which I couldn't tell you three people have seen that movie, and it was a gigantic, expensive movie with Tom Holland uh-huh. and Daisy Ridley that went more or less straight to like Hulu. Yep. Have you have you seen it? I have. I no... watched like fifteen minutes of it. I I couldn't do it, and it was pretty bad. Yeah. I, it just wasn't interesting to me, and I'm like, I, and if it's already hitting me that much, that much so soon, I'm like, I don't have to watch this. I don't have to see every movie. Yep. You know, I yeah. say that as the guy who watched 20 movies in <laughs> two separate weeks, but uh, yeah. you know, I it's that weird thing about like I don't really hate watch stuff anymore because I know that the algorithm doesn't distinguish my intent. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to make another one of these things if I'm just watching it, you know, ironically or whatever. So, yep. yeah. uh, you know, because I say that and, you know, you were talking about TV earlier, but there are a lot of good TV shows right now. It's kind of insane. Um, have you see, Have you watched um, Three Horses or uh, not Three Horses, Slow, Slow Horses on Apple TV? Yeah, I love that show. Man, that show rules. That it show is, rules. It is really incredible. I knew nothing about it going in on purpose. I just knew Elizabeth Moss was in it, and she has a wildly oh, good girls. batting rate, like her her batting average. Oh, is that what? Wait, wait. 
Sorry. Yeah, Slow Horses is Slow the, Horses my is the five spy one. movie. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Okay. Couple things on that then. Shining Girls, I love that show. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Don't go in knowing anything. You it it it's a lot to process, but it's very good. Yep. Slow That's Horses, which they filmed season one and two back to back. Oh, I didn't know that. They're filming okay, three great. and four back to back right now. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh it might or might not be Gary Oldman's final performance. Oh dang. Because I think he's getting paid very well by Apple, and I think he's just like, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. He got his Oscar. I would be too. You know, fair enough. Um, Go off, King. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Maybe play Mason Verger again and give me more nightmares. But outside of that, uh, I mean, do whatever you want uh, as far as I'm concerned. But he's having a lot of fun in Slow Horses. Mm. Uh, Just farting up a storm and being a real spiteful dickhead. (laughs) And he's great. It's yeah. so fun. And the whole cast, uh, yeah, the whole cast is great. I um, that was that was one I told I told my wife we we're on Stranger Things right now. Um, but I told her like you have to watch Slow Horses. It is like the everything she loves. Um, it's so. it's great. And uh, Jack Loudon is one of my low key could be James Bond picks. Yeah, I I could see that for sure. I think he's really talented. You know, he's like deceptively young he's like not even 30 i don't think oh dang okay. six foot one real presence and ability uh dating seriously ronin not that that matters at all but oh i didn't know that Interesting. yeah they've been dating for a couple of years and uh that he's just really talented and he's kind of got a lot of ability and presence so mm-hmm. i think he can do it i think it'd be really interesting yeah are you are you an atlanta guy I like Atlanta a lot. Well, let me rephrase that. I love Atlanta. This new season, I really like it, but I wish it wasn't as much of an anthology series because mm-hmm. I really do like the story arcs. And and I guess it was just, you know, I got spoiled with those for a few seasons. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's as well-made and an effortlessly well-made thing as anything on TV. I just need to finish it. Yep. Yeah. The, it's uh, very, very the, good. This final episode is pretty great. Um they're in the finale of this season, but man, I, and there, and there are like, as you watch through it, um, there are episodes that don't land as, as well, especially if you're not, cause you, you want to be with them. You want to be yes. with Brian Tyree Henry and Lakeith Stanfield and Donald Glover and, um, I'm brain dead. That's not why I'm forgetting her name. Um, oh, uh, as Zazie Bates. Yes, yes. Or Zazie Bates. I think I forget. Loki, probably yeah. my favorite actress right now, and I'm sorry I forgot her name. But she's pretty incredible. Yeah, Kali. Um, you want to be with them, but then you know, you you get like one offs that are just like you said. In the anthology format is jarring at first, and then you're just like, there there's some Teddy Perkins esque episodes in there that are just really shocking and then and then i think the best hands down the best episode is one that we get that where you're following al mm-hmm. um around amsterdam and amsterdam i believe yeah and just some ridiculous stuff happens and then there's this cameo um have you gotten to that one yeah it's absolutely my favorite where liam neeson shows up and it is it's incredible. Just absolute, it is just absolutely insane. I was just glued to the screen. They, they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. No, and my 
slight. It's not even really a complaint, but more of just that I wish it was this, but it's too amazing. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a it's an amazing problem to have because you know Hiro Murai, the director, that dude's so talented. Yep, and they are so it, it's so good. it's just so good. It's so well done and lived in, and they know exactly what they're doing, and they're firing at all cylinders. So it's a great problem to have. And it's still great, and I need to finish it. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, like Outer Range on Amazon, I loved. Yep. Here, that's love that good. Fir- love that first season. Really interesting. Really pays off well for that first season. Also got uh, old Top Gun Maverick's own Bob, as played by Bill yeah, Pullman's son, Louis Pullman. Yeah, I, didn't, you know, like, I didn't realize that it was his son until when we were recording our episode last night. Yeah. And then you look at him, you're like, oh, that is Bill Pullman's son. Yep. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like Bill Pullman. <laughs> And he was in that, you know, battle with the El Royale or whatever that is, uh-huh. um, where he played one of the, like, the, the bellhopper, I guess, at the El Royale. Okay. The, you know what movie I'm talking about? The one with- The, um, the one with Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And Jeff Bridges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen uh, it, but, yeah. I rewatched it, like, last week. Uh, it's, it's not nice. bad. It's got a great cast. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, But, um, oh, um, just finished it the other, last night. Final episode aired last night. Or night before last, um, and it's one of the best shows in a minute, maybe at the very least of this year. Uh, we we own this city. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I gotta get to it. I hear it's phenomenal. It's six episodes, and you know it's from David Simon and George Palacanos, who also did The Wire, mm-hmm. and The Corner, and Treme. And the difference between this is outside of it being a procedural and telling about police corruption. And following that is that they play around with jumping around in time, okay. which, you know, they don't usually do a nonlinear structure. So it's go, it's and it really, it really adds to it. And Bernthal is incredible. Yes, I, he, I've heard I've heard that he's just absolutely electric in this. He's incredible, and his um, he he nails the Baltimore accent. It's amazing. He's like, his, man. He is awesome. Like, did you like? I'm assuming that you saw King Richard. That role that he has in that movie is just absolutely like people were people were saying like, yeah, he needs to be nominated for supporting actor. And I was like, come on. And then I watched the movie and I was like, nope, he he should he should have been nominated. And that role He's could so have been good. a disaster. That yes. role could have been it could have been a goofy. disaster. Yeah, he has this incredible earnestness um, and sincerity that. You know, he he played the Punisher and he was Shane in The Walking Dead and he's like kind of an intimidating looking person, but by all by all accounts of like what I understand, he's like a very nice person. <laughs> and I just love that. I love yeah, that his, about him. He's got a family, he's like his brother's a neurosurgeon and you know, Bernthal played baseball professionally in Russia while also studying theater in Russia. At that the same is time, wild. I did not know that. Yeah, so when you know when there was that talk, even maybe a month ago, talking about care about uh, method acting, mm-hmm. he spoke to it, no, having learned it from where method acting originated in Russia, hmm. and so he has a very specific and intimate knowledge of, of you know that perspective on what it should be, what the method is, and the mm-hmm. intention, and he's a very smart, thoughtful guy, you know, unsurprisingly because he provides he, he adds a lot of depth. To people that could otherwise just as easily be meatheads yes, in certain, exactly. certain things. I mean, even in Sicario, in his five, ten-minute scenes, yes, he's electric yep. in that. Yep. He's incredible. He's an incredible actor. He, there's a movie on Hulu that's a smaller movie, 
that has him, Imogen Poots, and Chris, forget his last name, and Christopher Abbott, who's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet He's Virginia awesome. is the movie. Yes, okay. It's good. Nice. It's good. I'll just check um, it out. So yeah, there, there's that, but... uh. What are we at time-wise? Barry, are you are you a Barry guy? Uh, I think I've been I've been listening to all those uh, recaps um, that Fantasy's been doing with. Um, I think Bill that Hader. this last episode is one of the best episodes of TV I've seen in a long time. Oh man, okay, I'm gonna have to watch it tonight. Oh no, it's oh you haven't seen it? No, not yet, not yet. Oh, uh, it's I, yeah, it's I, incredible. I watched this past Sundays, yeah. He, I'll just say that um, he very clearly has a very specific. Uh, what's the word? Um, inspiration. Okay. Uh, of a certain thing in that episode. If you can, let me know what you think of it when you're done. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he directed the episode, and Hater is going to direct every se- every episode of the next season. Yes, I saw that. And I think that dude, and I don't say this lightly, prospectively has a a masterpiece in him. I think that dude can do it. Yeah, he he, he has is his tone, his understanding of tone mm-hmm. is elite already. Yep, it I is. Think, it is truly. It is truly um, incredible listening to him talk about his process and and how um, flexible he is. That's another thing. I like my my wife is pregnant right now, and mm-hmm. we we're talking to the our doctor today, and she was like. You can ha- you can come in with this grand plan, but really it's kind of setting yourself up for failure. So I would just caution you to be like flexible. And my wife is that with this whole process. She's been so great. And I kind of liken it to Bill Hader because Bill Hader would just be like, yeah, this happened. And then we were like, yeah, let's just do that. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and like, cause in, in, but at the same time, they, he's, he just is inspired by the right things and he writes like crazy and he, is working so hard and then in the moment he just has these undeniable instincts that's all i can really like truly like nail it down to and And he only does a handful of takes too yeah Yeah, when he's directing like he doesn't do much at all like he knows exactly what he wants and he really trusts his actors which you know makes a lot of sense i think you know he has like i do you know not that they're the same way or being channeled the same way but he has a he has massive anxiety Mm-hmm. And in its own yeah. way, that can be like a series of checks and balances sometimes yeah. in a weird way, you know, and I feel like he channels that in a very healthy way. And to your point, like he is a true film connoisseur, like he watches everything and has seen everything, but he's able to put authorship and perspective on it and channel that in a way that's not just aping it. He's he's managed to like cook a unique stew with it. Mm hmm. And the tone of Barry is fascinating and truly unto itself. And it's a it's a high wire, like a tight rope act every episode. I don't know how they pull it off mm-hmm. half the time. Yeah. It's again, especially this episode. Yeah. It's and amazing. again, it kinda I feel like the theme of our conversation has just been this like like what what electrifies us and like what really wows us you know, beginning with Top Gun and I guess like fittingly concluding with Barry. <laughs> yeah. And just, man, I think what's great about Barry, another thing is like, they just, they pull these incredible actors that I don't, I, I don't know personally because I'm not, um I'm not a 
thorough film connoisseur, but listen, again, listening to them describe how they're pulling people from, from Broadway and who were on TV, like, like there were TV actors from the eighties and nineties and, and it, they just have all these great people. Like that's the, their casting is incredible too. And hundred percent, you know, Kaczynski said like casting is, um, I think he said it's like 80% of your job. And then he was, he said, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer would say it's 90% of your job. So it's kind of, <laughs> kind of funny that he it like differentiated that. He was like, I think it's 80% of your job. <laughs> I would say to put a button on that and, and the episode, cause we have to get going. Just, I can keep going all night pretty easily, but no, oh, yeah, me you too. gotta stop at some point. But to your point about casting, even on a basic level, it is inspired to cast Henry Winkler as a fucking asshole. Oh, man. Just that. Yep. It's so simple, yet, but nobody ever did it. And and to play on years of goodwill being the nicest guy in Hollywood and entertainment, and to, to play off that is incredible. Yep. I mean, that is, in and of itself, just so inspired. Yep. Uh He's he's Go ahead so, can do anything. He's, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And and I love the direction. It was pretty crazy just um like it was pretty crazy watching the first episode of this season because this this show has not been on for like almost 3 years, 4 years. Like it was kind of crazy how long it's been gone and then getting reacquainted into the story and into these characters and and, and specifically where Barry is and you realize he's not well and then also you are reminded like oh yeah he's like not a good guy because no. you you like Bill Hader so much but then you're like oh but Barry is bad like he's he's like toxic and he kills people and it's it's been so dark and so comical how in this season he's been just like it's kind of this um he's just been fixated on making things up to Kusuno and he's like threatening him and and it's kind of doing this reverse thing instead of Kusuno's life getting worse it's getting better because he got cast in the TV show and now people kind of like him again and it's just and how they have parallels is just so so brilliant it really is and this is a season of it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse and you know they wrote Season, I guess, three and four. Uh, whatever we're on now, I guess it's on three uh, and four. They were on back-to-back during quarantine. So they're about to start filming soon. Nice. The new season. So it, it's ready to go. It was already greenlit. And they, they scrapped a lot of stuff and changed it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So they've had a... Just think about that show and having even more time to fine-tune it. And I'm like, oh, God, we're, we're yeah. in, here, in the best way possible. Yeah. But we yeah. got to wrap it up. This was fantastic. Thank you yeah. for your time. Thank you this for inviting me. I just had such a such a blast talking movies with you and and talking talking about the uh, the <laughs> the state of movies and TV and how uh, we just kind of loathe some of the some of the corporate stuff that's happening with with Disney and Marvel and did, we didn't even talk about Star Wars, but. Um, I admonish yeah. them because I love them, not because I absolutely. I want yeah. the best for movies and cinema and everything. Absolutely, we'll get there. Yeah, knock on everything. Yep. Um, but Flyover Film Country comes out once a week. 
on Apple, it actually on doesn't oh, so sorry. we're we're everywhere no you're good um we are we're kind of in a not restruct we actually are restructuring our schedule but right now we have been covering a lot more um stuff that's been in theaters so we have sure. episodes on everything everywhere all at once we did um link laters uh everybody wants some the baseball movie that we were kind of hinted on uh earlier um and we, we yeah we typically try to do movies that are representative of of the south and the midwest and kind of like um places that hollywood kind of forgets even though there are there are, this sweet virginia movie that you recommended mm-hmm. looks like a flyover movie um so right. kind of representative of where we grew up and where we are here in central arkansas sure. um olivia my co-host she's from uh or she lives in oklahoma city and so we kind of keep tabs on some of that stuff but we have been covering more popular uh movies and series recently um so we're not not totally pigeonholed but we have a lot of fun our top gun episode is actually out I think by the time you have it up, um, our Top Gun episode will be up. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to listen. Yeah, um, awesome. Thank you again for doing this. Yes, thank you, yeah, Brandon. It was, it was a pleasure and uh, excited excited for some future conversations too. Oh, 100%. Um, time to land this airplane, so to speak. There we thank go. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe, take care. Uh, you know, lead with empathy, be kind to yourself. It's okay to not be okay. And go watch Top Gun Maverick. Dear God. Yes. Yep. What an absolute joygasm. Good Abs- lord. Absolutely. Also, see RRR. It's on Netflix. Three hours and five minutes. It is pure joy. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, Unbelievable. I second I second that as well. Go see go watch RRR. Watch it with um watch it with some friends and you will not regret it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Watch that. And uh thank you for listening and take care and bye bye. See ya.